how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. It wasn't until acting and improvising that I really started writing, said Brian Petzos. As a performer, he transitioned into writing and directing. He eventually met Oscar Isaac early in his career, and Isaac has been in all three of his films, including Tiki Tacky, Lightning Face, and most recently the feature Big Gold Brick. His first feature is about Samuel Linston and his experiences with the enigmatic middle-aged father of two who enlists the writer to write his biography. In this interview, Brian talks about his friendship with Oscar Isaac, how he moved from shorts to a feature, how writing naturally gets bigger over time, advice from Andy Garcia, what it means to make a cerebral comedy, and how film is actually two different businesses. I went to art school, and um, my first year, I sort of had a directing focus um, and promptly left that focus. <laughs> um, and uh, I ended up studying uh, still photography and design and fine art. Um, I felt like uh, I'm sort of an ideas guy and, and the program was so vocationally focused. There was, I, I really just felt there was no place for me at the time. Mm. Um, so it wasn't until I started um, acting and improvising that um i started like really writing in a real way mm. um and so i i suppose through performing um is is kind of how i ended up transitioning into directing i was sort of i was writing stuff and performing in it and producing it um and then at some point i just was decided to kind of make the switch and focus on really trying to be a quote-unquote writer director person so that's how it happened for me do you have um, like mental shifts between writing, editing, acting, directing? Like, do you have to kind of turn on and off parts of the brain or do you see it as more of a fluid type thing? Um, no. Um, yeah, it is. I would say it is. It is pretty fluid, to, to, to be honest with you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for other people, um, but but you know, I have sort of my own kind of way, and it's all I really know. Um, so so yeah. Tell me about um, some of the shorts you made and how you transitioned to this first feature. Was that difficult for you? Did that help you get in the place to make the feature? Absolutely. There's there's no question. Um, the two shorts I did prior to Big Gold Brick, uh, Tiki Tacky and Lightning Face, both starring the wonderful and talented Mr. Oscar Isaac, um, served as a really good prelude. Because although I had directed some really lo-fi stuff before Tiki Tacky, um, uh, you know, that was like a full crew that day. And the, we did shoot Tiki Tacky in, in one day. It was really actually like eight hours, <laughs> um, but it was a full crew. And, and so, you know, it was the first time I kind of had all the tools at my disposal. And then with Lightning Face, um, I had about four days worth of stuff to shoot and we only, we only had three days to do it in, but it was a much more scaled up thing with visual effects. And at that time I was writing the big old brick uh, screenplay. And I thought that sort of the, the scale of lightning face on a relative basis would be helpful in getting big gold brick off the ground. And, and ultimately it was definitely. How has your kind of relationship with Oscar Isaac panned out? How did you guys meet it, it, Would you describe it similar to like Jeff Nichols and Michael Shannon? Do you talk through projects together or how does that some kind of work? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess to a degree it's, it's, you know, there's not a, a ton of discussion in advance. Uh, for example, the Tiki Tacky script, which was, I think 12 pages long or 13 pages. I gave it, Oscar was like, can I read it? Cause I told him I was going to be doing this, sh this short. And um, I was like, yeah, man, I, I honestly, I wasn't even really thinking of that. He would, would even do it, but he read it. And he's like, hey, I want to do this. I was like, cool. <laughs> that would be, that would be really cool. <laughs> so that's kind of how that happened. Um, but we were friends at the time. And so there's a total rapport there. Lightning face was a different situation where I sort of, I pitched it to him. He was overseas I pitched it to him in like, I like the longest run on sentence of all time with no punctuation. I sort of basically pitched the whole movie to him and he's like, let's do this. So that's kind of how that one happened um, with big gold brick. You know, it's tough. He's, he's so busy and stuff. And so he sort of organically kind of fit into the, the Anselm role. And it was a little bit less time consuming for him. And um, but with tons of punch, obviously. So um that's kind of how that happened um but yeah he's you know he's a close friend and a close collaborator and i just love him to bits what was the most difficult part for you kind of creatively of doing a feature did you see it as an extended short like what was different about that attrition with making a full feature yeah i think well it's you know especially with an indie when you never have enough money and i i've my writing seems to be getting bigger and bigger ideas wise. <laughs> um, so, you know, we had a little bit less money than we needed. And again, that meant, you know, my 40 day schedule that I wanted was never going to get to be more than 30. Mm -hmm. So the physical toll of, of, you know, multiple location moves and not being able to do a lot of takes. And, you know, my, my last, my personal last day shooting on the film was 22 straight hours with three different crews and so i was you know not to say everyone wasn't working hard because they were but i was i had to span a 22 straight hour shoot um 
you know, and, and I, I say the physical toll of that is incredibly difficult. Um, and, and I don't want to put this the wrong way, but I, I sort of hate shooting. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's necessary obviously to make the film, um, but it's, it's a total love hate thing. Cause I have friends who are directors and they're like, Oh, I can't wait to get back on set. Now I have a ton of fun on set, but it's, it's miserable. <laughs> You know, it's like this thing that you you wish you had three times as much time for. Mm. And, and so, um, but yeah, you kind of need to, to shoot the thing if you want to make it. <laughs> is it mainly the timing or is it like the amount of decisions or like what are some other things that you were maybe surprised about directing a full feature? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I mean, obviously you're the person. Well, I also, you know, I, I also produced the film um and i don't i don't look at myself as someone who just takes a producing credit i i was producing before i was directing so i'm a pretty active producer um in in the sense of like literally assembling the film and financing like kind of the whole way through but you're the person who everyone's sort of looking to for an answer mm-hmm. um i'm pretty decisive so that's not really my problem but spinning the plates i mean it does it you know you, you talk about 4d chess it's it really feels that way sometimes um there's a lot there's a lot to sort of you know kind of handle and stomach on a given day and a ton of responsibility and it's a job that i actually probably wouldn't wish on others <laughs> so since you've made a couple of shorts i would assume those are kind of a calling card for maybe the tone of some of your work but how do you quickly get that presented out there because this is described as a cerebral comedy like that might just be marketing, but what does that mean to you? Or how do you describe the tone of this movie? Sure. I mean, the, well, the cerebral is, is in quotes, um, you know, Emery's character, Samuel has this head injury. Um, and so, you know, there's a little bit of fun in that, but I do think it's more a comedy than it is other things. Although people say, what genre is this? Cause they, you know, and we sort of, we sort of used that uh, and leaned on it and called it kind of a genre bend to a degree, but mm. You're right. Tone is a very distinct thing. It's, it's, you're always walking a razor's edge with tone. Um, I sort of love movies that kind of dance that delicate dance with tone. Um, but yeah, I think, I think big gold brick is probably a tonal average of ticky tacky and lightning face. If, if, if you had to make me kind of dictate what it was, um, there are moments where, you know, it is, it is, pretty i'll just say melodramatic uh you know there are some lol funny moments there are hopefully some really thought-provoking moments hopefully i mean i i I definitely hope that some people when the film's over are just like wtf um that's a reaction i'm totally fine with um so yeah i mean it's look you got two hours to play around so why not do it how do you go to present some of those things um, in pitch meetings or with financiers? Like, how are you describing this movie or is it easier once the names are attached? Like, where, how do you kind of think about some of those things? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we were never in a situation where we had to sort of pitch the film. Um, the script was the document, the short films were there. Um, and that was sort of, that was kind of what did all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I was never forced to just, you know, what's the movie about in a minute? Uh, it was always, everyone had always read the script and then it was like, everyone wanted to unpack the script. Um, and then obviously for, you know, it's, we live, we live in a world where I think increasingly 
films are less and less interesting, um, especially when you have algorithms uh, telling people what a film should be, <laughs> right. um, which is insanity to me. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think, you know, for certain people, especially being it, it being my first feature, um, you know, it's just it's going to be a non-starter. Uh, like, why isn't this just a horror movie? Can't you just do a horror movie, man? Um, and so, you know, that, but first, obviously for a, a handful of other people, both financiers and actors, that was not the case. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, who is probably most excited about a different type of story? Would it be the actors? Cause they're looking for something that's different than they played before. Right. Absolutely. You know, you, you do find a dichotomy in the business. There is with, with every ounce of respect to execs and agents, um, there is a total delineation. I find there's a chasm between execs and agents and talent. And I do think, especially as an actor, where your job is to do acting often and get paid well for it, hopefully. Um, I get that. And, and as a filmmaker, you don't produce as often. And so it's different. But I find that most actors um, would probably wish they got a hold of certain scripts that they sort of never even had access to. Um, and I think, you know, most actors who are really about acting um, wish they had more challenging, interesting, unique, original material kind of float by them frequently, at least in conversations that I've had. So, I mean, as someone who, you know, I never reached any kind of a real tangible peak as a performer, but I was out there working occasionally and, you know, on sets and around people. And I know I, you know, I was represented at a pretty big agency as an actor and I would get scripts all the time. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's, you know, the master comes by like once a year, you know, you just don't, there's just not, you know, there's not a lot of scripts that come by where you're like, holy shit. I'm sorry. I don't know. I probably shouldn't yeah, swear. That's fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can beat that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I, I no, no, it's but, fine. Um, yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's you know oftentimes you're you're sort of filtering through a bunch of scripts that you wish were different. What else kind of changed about? Or were there any other unexpected um, things with making a full feature after the after doing all the shorts? Like, what else is different about that? What, what were some false beliefs you had about filmmaking as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I feel like you know even in just film, there's like two different businesses. I feel like the, the indie business is so different than kind of the straight commercial business. Mm -hmm. um, and so you brought up earlier, you said, is it just like doing like a really long short? And I guess in, to a degree, it kind of is, mm -hmm. you know, we're very much like a band of warriors out there, uh, pirates, however you want to put it. Um, and you're just doing it for a longer amount of time. Um, you know, for me, one of the reasons I sort of like also producing my stuff is, I mean, it's really about control. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, there was no scenario where there was someone on my set looking over my shoulder. Um, I sort of have to be the arbiter of all that. Um, so, you know, but having been around very commercial productions, you know, you can smell the difference, uh, you know, it's 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 different it is it is different it's a different feel um and uh yeah so i i don't know i it, it's hard for me to really talk about it because this is my first feature and no one said hey will you direct the next star wars yet <laughs> so um but yeah um i digress 
There's a lot of people that just want to get the first film made or, or take that next step, whatever that is. Did you think at all about, or did your confidence levels change in terms of like creative leverage? Like the more things you have, I've made these shorts, I've got this full length script or feature, people are into the script. Like how did your mindset kind of change when you're about to take these bigger risks and bigger steps and everything? Yeah, you know, I, for me, I knew this was going to be my first feature and I was dead set on getting it done. Um, and I probably could have done things that in the industry are considered, you know, uh, uh, I could have probably been a, a little bit more tuned into the risk side of making something original. But unfortunately, you know, I have a problem where I say, no, let's do exactly what you want to do. And then just deal with the rejection as it happens. And then, you know, cling on to the, to the positives. So for me, there was never any other option, um, but, you know, to produce this, the screenplay that I did. Mm. Um, and honestly, we didn't really change a lot, but for some budgetary stuff, like scaling some sequences down and stuff. So it's pretty much, it's pretty true to like the, you know, the, the draft that we all kind of went out with. Are there any, um, as, as terms of your writing, is there anything you do when you get stuck? Like what are some of the logistics of your process? Yeah. So my process, um, is essentially, I, I sort of have like a passive year or maybe even two where I kind of start building out the world and the characters and the scenario, the loose kind of beginning, middle and end kind of stuff. And then there's a point where I just, I know it's time to start you know, putting up the structure. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, I'm still not in final draft at that point. I'm still in a sort of intermediary series of documents. Um, and then when I sort of have the whole movie, like if you put a gun to my head, you know, go ahead and just write the, the script now. I've sort of got that in my head and that's why I open final draft. And mm -hmm. I tend to kind of lay down all of the shingles at that point. Um, and if that's a very tight process. There's not much kind of going back at all, really, at that point, except for maybe for length. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's just my process. But that process has taken, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know that I, I can do a, a script faster than every other year the way that I want to do it. To be honest with you, do you see yourself as just kind of carrying the story with you? Or are you talking about it with other people, or how is it getting developed? I guess over that first year. That's just me. I am constantly emailing myself all day long, all night long. Yes, I have sleep issues. Um, it's it's a condition. <laughs> it's nothing to be proud of. I uh, yeah. So I'm just constantly emailing myself, and so then I tend I tend to take those emails and port them over into like kind of you might call it note form, um, and then that stuff just starts kind of compiling. Um, so it really becomes for me it's more of a process of, of editing than it is creating. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just, that's just me. I don't know how other people do it. Is there like a pre-phase before that? Like, I mean, what, what kind of led big gold, big gold brick to the top? Did you have a couple of ideas and that one you were most obsessed about or how would you describe that phase? The, the way I've done it the past handful of times around um, I'm working on one thing at a time. 
Now, I, I have friends who are like, oh, I have these three different scripts that I've done and I'm just trying to see which one I can make. That's never been the way I do it. I usually, I'm working on a new project and then I kind of throw everything into the pot. Mm. Um, and then I start immediately like certain sort of trains of thought or certain, you know, narrative lines start, start making a lot less sense to me and I kind of abandon them along the way. But then I end up with this whole kind of gumbo ultimately that to me tastes good. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I try not to censor myself. I just know that I'm doing my next thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, I just, I don't want to say no to myself as much as I can help it until something really stops making sense. Are you using any aspects? Like I've heard some people say it's good to know the, you know, the Sidfield structure or whatever, just so you can avoid those tropes or genre, or you can zig left instead of right. Like, are you thinking about things in that way in terms of like, what truly makes a story like this different? Like, how do you kind of put some of that in? Well, I, I actually love structure. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a hyper-organized person in my personal life. Um, and I find actually it's, there's a total relation between that and the way I work as a writer. Um, you know, so, you know, any type of structure I consider a challenge and I sort of want to meet it. Um, that being said, uh, I'm not afraid to step away from structural rules if I feel like it's, if I feel like it's really justified, but no, I do, I do find at this stage of the game for me, I, I do like to have the structure to fall back on at least like the, the, in the, in the most kind of broad sense. So you're going to talk to a few, um, like actor turned directors, turned writers, you're in kind of a unique position where, if you just came out of film school as a director, you've only seen a few people, but you've probably seen dozens of directors. Are there some things you picked up from your acting history that you now implement? Yeah, I'd say so for sure. I mean, but to, to be honest with you, I've probably, I've probably picked up more reading about directors historically than I have uh, experientially as a performer. Um, uh, I'm very interested in directors throughout history and, how they've sort of done it um and so yeah there's just there's i mean there's so much material out there if you want to devote the time to it um but yeah i would say but of course you're always picking up something everyone sort of has their own different way some people are much more about the camera some people are much more about the performers um some people are hybrids of all these things but uh i also love i mean just bringing it back to big gold brick you know talking to andy garcia who's worked with Hal Ashby, Francis Ford Coppola, Brian De Palma. I mean, the list goes on. He, he, he uh, eventually was, 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 you know, throwing some, dropping some dimes on me. He was definitely uh, giving me quite a bit uh, historically and his experiences with those folks. And I eat that stuff up. I'm, I'm all about it. I love to hear as much as I can about that stuff. Is that like super specific stuff or is there any like kind of generic stuff that comes to mind you could share? Honestly, pretty, pretty generic, but it's enough to get a sense of, you know, uh, how someone's working and, and uh, different people's approaches and philosophies and their general kind of way they handle being on set. And um, I also sort of kind of, you know, not to get mushy, I, I kind of try to operate from my heart when we're actually shooting and, keep a super light environment. I try to have a lot of fun and I hope everyone else is having fun as long as we're all working. Um, just foster a super positive uh, creative environment because I'm so damn negative in my personal life. 
Do you, do you see that as a, like, are you just listening more? Do you literally say something day one? Like, how do you kind of present that or start to present that? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I don't think there's a big, I, although maybe there was a big speech day one of big gold brick. There may actually have been one just to sort of let everyone know. Cause you don't really know each, even though you've been prepping for weeks and weeks, you know, you don't know everyone super well, but, um, I think it, it becomes clear, you know, the saying, the fish rots from the top, hmm. um, that, that works in, in, with the good vibes too. And so, you know, I think people start to glean that, okay, this is like safe and fun and cool. And so like, let's all do that and kind of support each other. And I think it's really helpful. I respond very well in that kind of an atmosphere myself. So I hope to impart that upon others. Is there any other uh, misconceptions you had about what it means to be a filmmaker today? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty devoted to trying to do this. Um, and uh, it's not for the faint of heart. I realize that I, you know, there's, you know, being an independent kind of writer, director, writer, director, producer um, is it's a unique job if you want to call it that and it's definitely not for the faint of heart um you have to really really love movies um you know to to be doing this um so yeah it's it's there's so much kind of glamour that people think the business uh is about and people want to be sort of next to that and near that i am so far away from that it's like I, it's, you know, I couldn't be, I couldn't be further away from, from that side of things uh, personally. And um, so, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes people are very surprised by the lack of glamor in terms of, at least on the independent side of just trying to go and, and make stuff. Perfect. Any other, just uh, other advice for filmmakers trying to break in today? I think it sounds super generic. All I can say is don't quit. And, you know, it's, it's always the last person standing. You just, you have to keep doing it. Perfect. Yeah. Even, even when you get punched in the stomach. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.